0: been going through this new series called Deep Discipleship, these last few services, uh, and tonight is kind of the, the conclusion for this year. We'll probably keep doing it a little bit uh, in the in the new year, but uh, this is the last service before our next service will be our Christmas carol service. Uh, but yeah, this week we're finishing up somewhat uh, what we're doing with talking about deep discipleship, what it means to actually be a resilient Disciple, and I have absolutely, absolutely loves looking at this. If you haven't heard um, uh, any of the messages, feel free to jump on our podcast and listen uh, away to our recent messages. But yeah, it's it's great to learn and figure out what does it actually mean to be a disciple, and what does that actually? I mean, it's a cool word, cool. Let's be a disciple, but what does that actually? mean. And so tonight, we're going to look at um, the words from Jesus himself about what it means to, to make him disciple from Matthew 28. If you have your Bible, why don't you whip it open, grab that phone. Does anyone have a real Bible with them? No. Oh, I don't have one either, guys, so it's okay. I know, um, yeah, I know diana has been bringing her real Bible along lately, but she's not here tonight. So, Yana, you didn't bring... Oh. Next time. Nice. No, that's okay. I I too have just a digital form. We're in digital Babylon, guys. It's what happens. (laughs) Um, Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. What an amazing scripture. Many of us would have heard this the Great Commission from Jesus Christ, the amazing time where Jesus has gathered his disciples together. He has, just a few days ago, uh, suffered a painful death on the cross, but then three days later uh, rose again from the dead victorious. And now this is Jesus, new creation, new being, uh, risen from the dead, calling his disciples to what it looks like to live now. So what Jesus uh, inaugurated was a new way of living, he inaugurated a different way. So the old way was a sinful, it was, uh, it was attached to our flesh, but Jesus calls for us to be new creations. When we come and uh, follow Jesus, he calls us to be new creations and what he is calling his disciples in right here. His, this is his last words to his people, his peeps, his dudes, on, come on, this is what I'm calling you to do. This is not just a nice, sentimental, oh, that's beautiful. That's just that's nice. We're going to go make disciples, guys. It's not just this nice statement that we hear that can encourage us, but it, it, it actually needs to stir something. <laughs> no worries. See you, guys. Uh, it needs to stir something new in us. God is calling a new creation in us. What does this mean? To go... And make disciples. This is the call from Jesus to go and make disciples, to start something new in people. And so, what we're going to do quickly before unpacking something, uh, we're just going to have a look at this scripture again and just kind of look at these key points. What is Jesus saying here? And so, first, he says in, in verse 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Mary, to me, to Jesus. That he has authority, that he has overcome death, that he has overcome sin. He has the authority that when we go through life, when we struggle and we're trying to figure out what it means to be a disciple, he has overcome. We can trust in him. He has the authority in heaven and on earth, even when it seems like uh, the things around us in our world, in in our personal world and in the broader world, aren't going to what we think it should Jesus has authority. And it's so important to keep remembering this because sometimes life does seem overwhelming. And so we need to keep remembering Jesus has authority and all authority has been given to him. And therefore, because of that, we are called to go. Because all authority is Jesus's, we are called to be his followers and go make disciples of all nations, of all people, not just to the familiar people, the people that we uh, know, but to all people. We're called to this world to make disciples. We're called to the world to make disciples, not just to the church. I know it's easy to get comfortable in learning what it means to help other Christians, but we're actually called to go to the world and make disciples. And what is it uh, that he calls us to do in making disciples? He he calls us to bring new life, to, to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to bring. See, baptism was a symbol of new life. It meant that as you went down in the waters, you came out in a new way, in in, in Jesus' way, and it was symbolizing new life in us. And so as we go and make disciples, we're bringing new life to the world. We're bringing new life to our friends, to our family members, to our workplaces, to wherever we're interacting with. We are bringing new life that baptism life into this world. And then he says, "Teach," And then also teach them everything that I've commanded you. That everything Jesus had taught his disciples over these last few years now is their call to go and to teach that to, the, to others. And so we, that also is a call for us to let His Jesus' word go deep into our hearts so that we may be people who can help others Uh, recognize and teach them what jesus has taught us that's our call to go and make disciples but then i love that jesus finishes this statement with this these last words but it's okay i will be with you always it's it's almost like he knew we're going to stuff it up it's almost like he knew we wouldn't get it right that you know we're going to need his help because it's all right it's okay guys jesus is with us always even when we uh, don't feel like we've been the best disciples, even like we're like, oh my goodness, I've got so much to do, but I don't even, like, you know, I've got so much to do in my own world, let alone try and figure out how I can make disciples. Come on, Joel, what are you asking me? It's okay. Jesus is with us always. It's okay. He's, he's there to encourage us and strengthen us. And it's okay when we don't feel like we have it all together. He's with us. He's got our back. And he's going to keep encouraging us, yes. He's going to keep sparing us and, and believe in us. But it's okay. He's with us. Always. And so it's a great encouragement for us to go and make disciples. Yes, this is real. Like, this, is, this should like, burn in us. As, as uh, followers of Jesus, the call to make disciples is, is a big deal. It's a big deal to Jesus. It wasn't just this like, and, like a little add-on to what Jesus believes. He he saw it as a a key thing for his disciples to go and make disciples. And so this needs to be key and core for us, to be these kind of people who are making disciples. And so we're going to have a look at what does it mean to make disciples. What does that mean, guys? (laughs) What does it mean? And so... um, We're going to have a look at a little bit of a definition of discipleship from our our book, Faith for Exiles, that we've been uh, looking through over the last few services. And so discipleship, they say, is uh, to develop Jesus' followers who are resiliently faithful in the face of cultural coercion and who live a vibrant life in the Spirit. It's cool. It's It's a really cool definition. These two kind of... Parts to this: to firstly to be a uh, to be faithful in the face of cultural coercion, and to secondly live a vibrant life in the spirit. These two kind of key things that uh, this book is kind of defining as discipleship. That we need to recognize that we are called to cultivate this in us to what it means to be in us, to be a faith, faithful in the face of cultural coercion, but then also to live a vibrant life in the Spirit. We need to continue to cultivate that in us, to, to create something in who we are. Yes, we need to dig deep in, into our personal devotion, into reading the Bible, into prayer and, and you know, all the good things that we as Christians need to be. But also, discipleship needs to be about how we can create this in others. It can't just be about what we're cultivating for ourselves. It can't just be about kind of having a nice, happy, personal devotion for me, and that's just pleasing me. But discipleship is so much about what what we're doing to create that in others. What we're doing to actually help others grab a hold of what this means. And uh, I've been stirred afresh about kind of how am I doing this? Not just with Christians. And so, like as a pastor, I feel like I, you know, do this bits and pieces uh, with Christians very easily. You can, you know, just encourage people to get into the Bible, do all these things. But what does this actually mean for the people out in this world? How am I actually making disciples? with just people that I meet and interact with. How am I actually thinking, like, how can I point people to Jesus in this moment? And so I've been stirred afresh of what this means to actually make disciples in all nations. And it's something that we need to keep thinking and considering and going hard at figuring out what this looks like. And so uh, later on, we're actually going to just spend a bit of time kind of soaking in God's presence and... Uh, We need his presence, we need his power, particularly in this season, uh, this busy kind of crazy season of Christmas, everything finishing up and things going on. We need God's presence in our world. And so uh, a little bit later, we're going to just spend a bit of time uh, worshipping again and spending time soaking in his presence, allowing the Spirit of God to invigorate us again and fill us afresh. Uh, But we're going to have a quick look at these two things these two key things uh, and also uh, we put these devotional guides on your seat so if you've been if you're smart you would have picked it up and you would have been reading along with me oh my goodness Jody was smart she picked it up she's got it going nice to see you again Jody. had a (laughs) (laughs) she had a holiday and then it's good anyway let's bring this up let's talk about it guys (laughs) I love it um (laughs) we, <laughs> we, we're we going to have a look at these two things. What it means to be faithful in the face of cultural coercion and live a vibrant life in the spirit. Now key, uh, f- number one, faithful in the face of cultural coercion. A key characteristic of exiles today uh, will have to be courage. We need courage when we're facing the challenges in our world today. Uh, courage doesn't, mean this kind of bombastic pronouncements telling people they're evil and kind of getting the courage to just slam people but it's much more deeper than that it's courage that it's the kind of courage that that shadrach meshach and abednego had that in the book of daniel when uh these israelites were brought from the land of israel and into babylon uh they were uh, exiled from their land into babylon and and uh Called to serve in the king's palace, in as noble people, uh, they were intellectually smart people, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were a, p- a part of this crew. These Israelites now in Babylon serving the Babylonian way, but there's certain things that they would not do. See, these people, these the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they they were doing what they can to actually help uh, create life in the Babylonian way, but there were certain things that they would not. Do And one of those things in this time, in, in Daniel uh, chapter 3, there's a, a moment where King Nebuchadnezzar makes a golden statue and calls everybody to bow down to it and worship the statue. But these guys would not do it. They would stand firm. They would know what it meant to have courage to stand in our cultural moment, in, this, in their cultural moment, and go, no, I will not bow down and worship that idol. And their response uh, in Daniel three sixteen, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the f- furnace of blazing fire, and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. They had a response of courage. See, that punishment, the punishment of not worshipping was to be thrown into a fiery furnace, and that is what had happened. They made this response, and the king got so angry and threw them into the furnace, And, and many of us know the story that they came out alive. They came out alive, that they threw three in, and there was, amazingly, a fourth person that was seen among them. And it, that fourth person shown like a, a, a son of God, I think is the, the reference. That Jesus, that God, was with them in the midst of the fiery furnace. That he was there standing with them in their courage and in their response. That they would stand firm as resilient disciples going, No, I know where the boundary is. I know what to do when, when, when uh, the culture tries to uh, say that you should live this kind of way, you should have this belief, you should experience this kind of thing, that they knew where to stand in the midst of cultural coercion. And this is what it means to be a resilient disciple in today's day and age, to learn actually what is the culture trying to tell us how to live we need to actually be aware of what are the things the culture is, is pulling at us because continually the culture is t- pulling at us saying no no you should go after money you should go after success you should go after that experience that that feeling and so often the culture is just pulling at us wanting us to act a certain way wanting us to believe a certain thing but god is calling us to stand up and with courage and knowing what we believe in, knowing how we're going to act and stand firm in the midst of the cultural coercion, that we would be faithful in the face of that. And if we think that we're not dealing with this kind of thing, if we think, oh, no, no, that doesn't happen to me, I think we're fooling ourselves. This is stuff that I have I have to consider, and I'm thinking about for me, and we need to realise what the world is trying to pull at us, and what are the triggers for me, because we all kind of have different things that, like, fit our mould, and that you know, just, yeah, we, that entice us and tempt us. We all have different things. And so recognizing, where's the world pulling at me? What is that thing? What, what it, it really is the temptation that the world is trying to pull me towards? And how can I stand faithful in the face of the cultural coercion? And reading the Bible is so important in that. That's why we're doing this, this reading the Bible through a year. It's, it's something that we're, we, we and uh, Heppen Heights and our campuses, uh, we are one church in five locations, and uh, we're all doing together. We're going to read through the Bible together. And so um, when we don't really know what we actually stand for, that's what the Word of God is for. When we don't really know, what, what do I actually believe in this cultural time? This is why the Word of God is so important to continue to mold us and shape us to be the people God is calling us to be. And so grab a hold of that plan. It's at the back after the service. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be good fun. But ultimately, uh, where this faithfulness that we need, it's ultimately fueled by God's Spirit. It's fueled by, as the second thing is, to live a vibrant life in the Spirit. You see, to reach this world, our aim is not just to be relevant as a church and as Christians, to, to actually impact people's lives. We don't just want to be like the culture and try and fit in so that they may, um, might be compelled to just come because we seem relevant and cool. That's not our aim as a church, and that's not our aim as Christians. Our aim is to live a life in the Spirit, a vibrant life in the Spirit, to to realize that it's actually God's Spirit that changes us. It's actually God's Spirit that moves people's hearts. It's actually God's Spirit that forms something in us and creates something in this community, does something in this world. It's His Spirit. We can't do this without Him. We need a vibrant life in the Spirit. And so this, for Michaela and I, is so important so key we would so want uh, us as a church to keep grasping this and and keep going deeper what it means to grow our spiritual life to go deep in a vibrant life in the spirit uh and so when when we were youth pastors um we were youth pastors at, at our, our main campus at Hepburn Heights for for five years uh Michaela and I and um there was one key moment early on in, as youth pastors that we uh, had uh, another youth pastor from uh, the city come and, and speak at our youth group. And this youth pastor was, had, the, had the biggest youth group in Perth and uh, was a great friend and, and encouragement for Michaela and I. And we remember a key um, conversation with him. We just asked him, like, what's one of the, the biggest things that has helped you grow and get to the place where you're at today? And he just simply said uh, it was gathering in prayer that he made a commitment with his leaders to continue to pray, that every Friday night after their youth group, that they would have a moment, gather everybody that was there and just pray and and, uh, dedicate all they had, uh, all that they'd done in that night in prayer. Uh, And around the same time... um, uh, I saw something from, from the pastor Timothy Keller uh, who was having a conversation on Twitter and the conversation was about, uh, w- the question that was asked to Timothy Keller was, if you were to go back and, and tell your 20-something, uh, you know, something, what would you say to him? And Timothy Keller's response was, prayer is more important than you think. That he would go back in time and, and if he could say one thing, he would say that. That prayer is more important than you think. And so often, this is us, isn't it? We get stuck trying to figure things out, trying to work things out in ourselves and not realize the importance of what prayer does for us. Not realize how key it is and how much it actually develops something in us and creates who we are as we are people who dig deep into knowing what it means to pray. And so life, life gets tough. Life is difficult sometimes. I, I, I'm realizing more and more as I live life that things aren't always rosy and good, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't stop praying. That It means actually through every season of life, when things are good, we pray. When things are bad, we pray. When things are confusing, we pray. When we've got doubts and, and are scared, we pray. It, just through all seasons of life, the more that I'm, I'm realizing, it's just, it actually doesn't matter what's going on in our lives. What matters is that we continue to be people who pray, who keep finding our rhythm in prayer and just keep just fighting for it. Because it's, it's tough. I'm not saying, uh, coming up here going, yeah, you should just pray, it's easy, just get it done. It's It's difficult. We need to work at it and, and develop it, and there's different seasons of life. Uh, we've just had another baby, and so I'm trying to work out another rhythm for me, trying to work out a new kind of routine of what it means to dig into pray, prayer for me. And so there's all these different facets of life, but it needs to stay a key importance for us through every season. How am I just getting, getting away and talking with my God. What am I doing to to get away from the blur of life and find my strength in Jesus? To just talk with Him, to share our lives with Him. That's what our prayer to Him is. It's not just this religious ritual that we go through, but it's just it's our relationship. It's the moments that we can just get out of the blur and find our strength. In him. And so it's so important to be the disciples that Jesus is calling us to be, to live this vibrant life in the Spirit. To be these people, but then also learn what it means to, to help others, create that in others. And just as Jesus said in, in his Great Commission, that he will be with us always, he's there, waiting for us wanting so so much for us to connect with him, wanting for us to just take time and to stop and let him into our world. And it just requires us doing that, stopping and having a moment. And so how can we be these people, these disciples, to learn what it means to stand faithful in the face of cultural coercion, That we will not bow down to the, the things that our culture is calling us to worship. And then we learn what it means to live a vibrant life in the Spirit.